some reason, we seem to get a little wigged out about that word evangelism. Uh, reaching out to people uh, with the love of Jesus, with the gospel message. You saw uh, several pretty bad examples of it there. But, uh, but, but then the, the story there uh, at the end, Tommy and Eddie, uh, it, it's a great example of reaching out organically, naturally, right? Uh, just a natural invitation between friends and literally change the course of both of their lives. Uh, so, so I guess that's what, uh, what I'm challenging us to do. Uh, I hope that you've uh, begun to adopt the mission of our church uh, for your own life. We live to love people to life. Uh, that, that's what's driving everything that we do uh, as a church, and I hope that uh, it's beginning to drive your life as well. Because you're, you're so in love with Jesus and, and you care about people so much that, that you're going to do whatever it takes to, to uh, help them experience life with Jesus. And, and so uh, that can and should happen organically, naturally. That means it's going to look different for every single one of us here. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, um, it shouldn't be a, this big thing that we strategize. We just, we just live it. We live to love people to life. And so uh, last week I told you that it, it all kind of, kind of boils down to love. And uh, we, uh, we talked about, well, we've got to love God and we've got to love each other here within the church. And then we've got to love people who are far from God. And, and, and so if we're living that out, if we have that, uh, that, that, that love on those three realms in place, then, then, then it, we're going to be primed and ready to, uh, to reach out to other people. But at some point, we've got to uh, really know kind of what we're, what we're reaching out to them about, right? I, I mean, what, what we believe. We got to know what, what we believe so, uh, that's so great that it's worth sharing. I mean, do you know what, what you believe? Is it, is it front of mind, so to speak? I mean, what you believe determines how you live. I, I mean, if, if, if I believe that we all came from aliens and that we're here to prepare the world for an invasion that would change how I live, right? I mean, that, I would be doing certain things uh, differently. If, if I believe that I have what it takes to win the gold medal in bobsled in the Olympics, that would change some of the things I'm doing. Uh, I, I'm guessing it would include a lot of weightlifting and running in the cold, neither of which I'm really all that excited about. So, so I don't believe that, but if I did believe that, it would change what I was doing, how if if we believe that the world just happened, that 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 we weren't created uh, by a creative God for a purpose, if if I believe that when I die that life is just over, um, that that there's no judgment or anything, if if I believe that that this is all just all just happens, then that changes how I live too. I mean, I can live however I want to because because uh, none of that matters. I mean, what I believe determines how I live. So what do I believe? If I'm a follower of Jesus, what is it that, uh, that I believe, that we believe? What is the truth that we're uh, reaching out to people about? We've got we've to talk about it. Not only do we need to know the gospel message so we know what we're inviting people to and explaining that to them, but, but also I'm convinced that, that if we really believe what we say we believe, we'll be organically reaching out all the time. This, if this is, is really what we believe, then, then it's just going to naturally flow. So today I want to look at just a, a few of the fundamental things that we say we believe and uh, as they're laid out in Scripture and, and see if that might motivate us to, to be organically reaching out to, uh, to people. The first thing is, and we've, uh, we've already just uh, gone all over this today, but uh, uh, God loves you more than you'll ever understand. 
We've got to know that. If, if we believe that with all of our hearts, that's, that's one of the foundational things. God loves you more than you'll ever understand. That, that's true for, for us. It's true for every person in the world. I mean, I, the, the gospel message is rooted in the love of God. I mean, we sang about it today. We, we've, uh, we've, we've talked about it today. Uh, I hope that not a day goes by that you don't think about God's love for you. Uh, it, it all starts there. God loves you. Maybe, you know, maybe you're not that morning person, but what if we woke up every morning, the first thought that, that we uh, sent through our minds was God loves me. I think it would change the trajectory of our, of our day. It all starts there. God loves you more than you'll ever understand. He loves us. We won't ever fully grasp that. We can, we can experience it, but we won't ever grasp it completely. I, I love how uh, the Apostle Paul says it in Ephesians 3. He's, he's writing out a prayer um, uh, to the, the, the people in the church in Ephesus and in essence to anyone and everyone who would read it, which includes all of us. And he writes out this prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19 in the New Living Translation. It says it this way. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous Love And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You experience the love of Christ, though it's so great, you'll never fully understand it. Have you ever experienced something without fully understanding it? I mean, we actually do this every day, all the time. I don't understand most of the things that I experience, uh, I, and the, most of the things that I mean, computers. Okay, uh, great. I'll use it. Probably couldn't build one. Uh, um, cell phone, right? I, it's great, uh, but I, uh, Wi-Fi. How I can send something to the printer through the air, and what was here is now on a sheet of it. Just boggles my. I'll use it. I, uh, I, I love to use it. I, I think technology's great, but all these things just kind of blow my, my furnace. I don't even quite understand. One thing I don't, but I'm glad, right? And I use it uh, this week. We, you probably used your furnace, right? Uh, the polar vortex. I told somebody this morning, we've had snowmageddon and the polar vortex. And your parents probably just called that winter in years gone by, right? I mean, it's just, but we're, we're wimps. And so we make these big things. Anyway, but so... I don't, I don't understand how my van is still running at 205,000 miles, but it is, and I use it every day, and I'm glad, and, uh, and we, uh, we it, I, I love that, um, uh, that the, the way that, that that passage says it in Ephesians 3, and the way that version puts it, um, that, 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 that uh, we can experience the love of Christ uh, though it's uh, so great, we'll never fully understand it. Just before that, it says, may your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvel. Now, now that's an organic kind of thing, right? We're, we're talking uh, about that uh, here as we're talking about reaching out. Uh, we're, we're, our roots going down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. We're getting nutrients. It's how we grow. It produces life in us. And we will never, it says uh, that you can begin to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of God really is. Well, well, that means that as our roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, we're never gonna reach the edge of the pot. <laughs> we're, never gonna, we're never gonna reach the bottom. It's, it's always more and more and more. We can, we can experience the love of God, though we won't quite ever fully understand it. 
How do we know that God loves us like that? That's the second thing that I think we need to have front and center in our minds all the time every day. Jesus died to take away your sin. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So how do we know that God loves us? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, again, we, we uh, celebrated this in, uh, in communion uh, t- today. We, uh, we, we've, uh, I've referred to this verse last, uh, last week even, that it encapsulates the extent of God's love in, in one little sentence. We know that God loves us because of the price that he paid to purchase our forgiveness. Um, it was, it, it's the greatest sacrifice in, in history, the life and blood of God's only son, Jesus. Uh, I, I told you this series is based on information in a book called uh, uh, Organic Outreach uh, for Ordinary People. Kevin Harney, the author of that book, puts it this way. The cross, uh, though a brutal and bloody picture, points us to the depth of God's sacrifice and the height of his love for us. God's amazing grace is clearly taught in scripture. We can never compromise this or toss it aside. To forfeit our belief that the cross of Jesus is the centerpiece of our salvation is to lose the heart of biblical faith. The cross of Christ, the the, the crucifixion of Christ is central to our faith. We believe this. We must believe this. If God loves people so much to the degree that he sacrificed his only son for us, it should motivate us to reach out to everyone around us because number three that we need to have front and center in our mind is that people are lost without Jesus. Have you ever been lost? Some of us get lost more often than others. Um, Maybe with GPS, which... Incidentally, is something else that I use and I don't understand. But um, again, maybe going back to those satellites, I think that has something to do with it, right? But uh, uh, and don't like email me or tell me how these things work. I'm, I just like to live, you know, ignorance is bliss. I'm just going to use it. It's okay. I don't need to understand. No, I, I, I never really have gotten lost much. Uh, I mean, I have a decent sense of direction, but I do remember uh, one time, uh, there's probably a handful of times, but, but one time I, I was uh, uh, kind of turned around and, and lost and, and really didn't even know it until it, was, until it was almost too late. You're probably sick of my stories from out in Kansas, but uh, when I was uh, uh, serving as a camp director uh, out there for teen camp, um, uh, serving as a youth pastor in Kansas, but we'd take kids to camp in, in Colorado. And I've told you uh, some of those stories before. We'd go uh, about 10 hours west and, and up the mountain outside of Colorado Springs, divide Colorado about 9,000 feet elevation and Pikes Peak and all that, just great stuff. Things You could do things there. Uh, camp Golden Bell. You could do things at Camp Golden Bell that you just couldn't do on the plains of Kansas. You can't go rappelling on the plains of Kansas. Maybe like off the side of the the uh, highway turn overpass or something. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, right? So, so, uh, so they take kids uh, every afternoon. There'd be different things that that you could uh, sign up to do, and these activities. And rappelling was one of them. And and yes, I I did that and and enjoyed it. Uh, the first step is always the worst, uh, but uh, we, we that was that was a, a fun experience to have. Uh, they'd take kids uh, hiking and and it just pristine. Oh, you can go hiking in Kansas, but not with the same uh, uh, same stuff around. I mean, I remember just these uh, pristine paths and the, the, the creek running down with crystal clear water. And then you break out over top of these rocks and you climb and you're looking down thousands and thousands of feet to the river below. And the, I mean, just breathtaking views. And, and you just don't get that. Uh, wheat, I mean, wheat fields are fine, but it's not, not the vistas that you could get up 
off the mountain. They, there were some kids that would go tubing, uh, inner tubing. They'd drop them off in the river and the, the rapids and all this. I mean, this is literally uh, water that was snow the day before that had melted. And uh, summer camp were up there uh, freezing, uh, going down, the, uh, going down the, uh, the almost icy river. But one, one year as camp director, I wasn't involved in any of these groups uh, going anywhere, but I thought I'd grab the video camera and, and go get some footage of these guys doing this. And so I, I, I grabbed the video camera. Now that's not my phone because we didn't have those back. I did have a flip phone thing that belonged to the church. But, um, you know, so I grabbed my video camera and, uh, and you know, the big whatever. And uh, we, I, I, I jumped in the 15 passenger church van and I headed out. And I'd been to some of these places before in years past and figured, well, I can go uh, find these kids tubing and get some good footage and we can show it on the big screen that night and all that kind of stuff. And so, so I, uh, I, I, Went out. There's no GPS uh, at, at that point. Uh, I'd been around there a little bit, but um, figured I could find my way around. And so I, I drove several miles, made a few turns. Things were looking kind of familiar, so I kept on going until they didn't look so familiar anymore. And I realized that I was not where I should be, and I really had no idea where I was. And the only thing that I should do probably at that point would be to turn around and head back the way I came and try to find my way out. But but uh, driving a 15-passenger van on sketchy mountain dirt roads, it's, that's easier said than done. So... Um, uh, so I, I waited until I, uh, things kind of widened out and flattened out, and, and I figured that, that I could make a turn, a turn around and, and uh, did what I could. I, I don't remember how it happened, or I blocked it from my memory or something, but I, I was literally sideways with the, the, the off the road, the front wheels are in the, the soft dirt sandy stuff off the side of the road and kind of the little ditch there and I was not really going much of anywhere and and pulled out my little flip phony thingy well it wasn't a flip phone but you had to you know the antenna thing you remember those yeah so uh and I didn't you know I, I wasn't cool enough to have my own this was the church one that I could check out from the church office that week and use it at camp but uh no service, of course, up on the side of the, so, and AAA wasn't coming even if I could get service. They wouldn't have had any idea where, I, and, and so I, I was lost, I was stuck, and no help was on the way. Nobody knew where I was. I didn't even tell anybody where I was going. I was just took off. I was lost, I was stuck, and there's no help on the way. And I wonder how many people in your world feel that way. Or maybe they don't know they're lost. Maybe things are looking familiar and so they're just kind of trucking along and everything's okay and I'm thinking things are fine until they're not and they're heading further away from the right roads that would lead to life. Lost and stuck with no help on the way. Some people today kind of bristle at the, uh, the use of our term lost, that, that term lost, talking about people being lost. But whether we like it or not, the Bible uses that term time and time again. It clearly describes us as, as, as sinful uh, and uh, separated from God without any divine intervention and, and will we'll be, we'll be eternally lost. And, and Jesus uses the term lost to describe the, uh, in, in Luke 15, he tells a story about a lost coin and a lost sheep and then a lost son and, uh, and, and, uh, they were all found, and when they were found, there was rejoicing. Luke 19.10, Jesus described his whole purpose, uh, uh, his mission on earth was to seek and to save what was lost. In Romans, we're told that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Like it or not, without God's help, we all are lost. 
That's got to be front and center in our minds. Now, I'm not saying that we use that term necessarily when we go talk to people and organically reach out. Uh, Hi, I'm Pete. You're lost. Uh, Good to meet you. Um, But it's, it's important for us to know that people are lost without Jesus. Because if we don't think they are, if we figure that they're going to figure this out on their own eventually anyway, then we don't need to tell them anything, right? Because they can work it out. But if we, if we truly believe that people are lost and stuck, we've got to tell them that there is help on the way and his name is Jesus. The, um, just to wrap up the story, I did, I don't, Again, I don't quite remember how, but I did make it out and uh, limped my way back to, uh, to camp. That's not how it works in our spiritual lives. We've got to have a savior. And that's number four. Salvation is found only through Jesus. This is another sticking point, I think, because a lot of times uh, we, we say, well, yeah, I'm spiritual and I'm going to find my way through and we kind of pick and choose the spiritual things in order to feel better about ourselves and, and whatever. And, but but the, the Bible says that salvation is found only through Jesus. Acts 16, 30 and 31, uh, he then brought them out and said, sirs, what, what must I do to be saved? And they, uh, uh, Paul and Silas, uh, replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 4, 8 through, t- 8 through 12, Peter is talking to the religious leaders of the day after uh, uh, he and John have... Uh, healed a man, and they got in trouble for it, believe it or not. And so uh, it says uh, in, in verse 8 of Acts chapter 4, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to count today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And if that isn't enough, John 14, 6, Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible teaches very clearly that the answer to our sin is Jesus. The answer to our lostness is Jesus, only Jesus. We have to know this to believe this so that we can share, so that we're motivated to share with people who are lost. A few years ago, I was uh, encouraged to, uh, to be part of a, a religious organization for ministers from a variety of denominations and uh, work together on some things and and that sounds great on the surface, but I found out soon enough that it, it wasn't necessarily different denominations of the Christian faith, but there were actually kind of some other religions mixed in there. And, and uh, their main belief was that there is one God, but many paths to reach him. I didn't join that group. I didn't join because there is no other name but Jesus by which we must be saved. That no one comes to God except through Jesus. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you believe that, if you, if you have the answer, if, if you know that people are lost, but that Jesus is seeking them out so that they can be found, if, if you know that, then, then you'll share it. There's at least one, one more thing. I'm sure there's, there's a lot more, but I think these five, and, and we're ready for number five here in a second, but 
I think we need to know that we're convinced of God's love. God loves us more than we'll ever understand. That, that, that people are lost, that Jesus died to provide the, the way to, uh, to life, and he's the only way. And we also need to realize that heaven and hell are real. C.S. Lewis once wrote, uh, you have never met a mere mortal. Let that flip over for a couple minutes in your mind. The significance of that is, simply put, every person you meet will live forever, somewhere. Sobering thought. Every person will either live for eternity in the presence of a loving God who paid the price for sin and invited them to come to him through the amazing grace of Jesus, or they will live eternally separated from him in hell. And I, we don't like the idea of hell, we, we, but we can't just toss it out because it makes us uncomfortable. If, if we believe the Bible, then we believe in the possibility of an eternity separated from God. Uh, again, Kevin Harney in his book says it this way, because we live with a profound confidence that the doors of heaven have been opened for all who embrace Jesus by faith, the reality of hell fills us with zeal and a fresh energy to love serve and share the message of Jesus. God has provided good news that gives us real hope despite the awful reality of hell. And so we have to be convinced that there is a hell to be avoided and on the flip side, that there is a heaven to be gained. There is more to life than just this life. There's more to life than what we just experience with our physical senses. We are living with the anticipation of eternity in heaven face to face with Jesus. Philippians chapter three says it this way, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our belief in the reality of both heaven and hell should be a huge motivator in sharing our faith with those that we know who are far from God. There is a hell to be avoided. There is a heaven to be gained for every person that we meet. So if you find yourself unmotivated to to reach out, if it's just not coming, yeah, pastor, I hear you, but I'm just not feeling it. Naturally, I I, I think uh, if this isn't coming naturally, then... um, I think we got to start last week uh, with, with what we talked about last week. And do you really love God with all your heart? Are you, uh, are you loving the people of the church? Uh, and are you uh, loving the people who are not yet following God? That, that's where it's, we got to evaluate that. Um, got to develop those, that, that love. But then we also have to evaluate. Another thing to evaluate as we, as we uh, step aside and we spend time with God and with his word and we say, okay, maybe this outreach thing has been kind of difficult for me and I haven't really done much of it. Why is that? Well, yeah, I love God and I, uh, the church is great and, and yeah, I care about these people, but uh, it could be the next step we need to evaluate, evaluate is do I really believe all this stuff? You see, I'm convinced that, that if you're convinced of these foundations of the faith, it will motivate you to reach out to people. I mean, if, if you believe that God loves people so deeply that they're lost and that Jesus is the way that they can be found, if you believe that heaven and hell are real, how can you not share that with the, with the people that God puts along your path as the Holy Spirit leads you to them? Jesus is the way and he's seeking after them and he might just be using me to to do that and and this person is going to live for eternity somewhere. If those truths are are always front and center in my mind, I think, I think, 
think that I will do a better job of naturally reaching out, that it's gonna come up, that it's gonna come out, that I'm gonna care enough. And I think that might be true for you too. It, it might come up on your uh, on Facebook or it might come up through a phone call or through a conversation at work or through a, an invitation you might give or it might, whatever, naturally, organically. <laughs> God loves you. Jesus died for you. We're lost without him. He's the only way to be found. We're going to live for eternity somewhere. Where's that going to be? Cement those things in your heart and let that inform how you live life with people who don't yet love Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would inspect all of our hearts. Uh, my, my thought is that all of us, all of us can do, uh, do more in the area of reaching out to others. There's, there's, always, there's always more. But Lord, we don't wanna just do it because we think we have to or it's this obligation or we're gonna memorize this thing and, and, uh, and make people uh, get into church or jump into a religion. Or Lord, I just pray that we can be motivated by love, our deep love for you and our, our deep love for, for, uh, for the church and the gospel and our deep love for people. Lord, bring opportunities and people across our path even this week where we can, we can be your hands and feet and voice in their lives. Lord, I, I pray that we can put aside any, any nervousness or, or anything like that, that, that we'll be so convinced of what we believe that, that, that this is a, a driving passion and, and we'll use whatever comes naturally to us. Lord, we're, we're all different and you've created us that way and there are certain people that, 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 that you'll reach through through some that you would never reach through others. Lord, I thank you for that creativity in our midst. And Lord, I just pray, I just pray that, that, that you will bring people to mind that we can be praying for specifically and looking for opportunities to share your love. Most of all, I just pray that, that, that as we live, that we would be living, that our, our primary goal is to love people to life and that that just happens as we live life, wherever we are and whatever we do. Father God, we thank you in advance for the opportunities that you're gonna bring our way. And we thank you in advance for the people that will be found with the gospel because of the people in this room and what you're doing through us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.